Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you in part by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. Big Blue Restoration, the number one choice in water damage restoration. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. It's another fun, exciting edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. My name's Eric Smith, and across from me, six feet or more, Donnie Blanchard from SureTop Roofing. Welcome, Donnie. Hey there. That was pretty deep response. I appreciate that, Donnie. You watch any of the sports since they've come back on TV? I have. It's hard to do because there's no crowd, and so you just don't get into it like you do with the uh, playoff scenario. And I know. The uh, NHL hockey playoffs are, are booting off, and it's weird because I watch some of the preseason games, and it looks like a video game. Right. Because the stands are all covered with NHL logos. And I saw one game earlier in the week. It was Tampa Bay and Florida playing in Toronto, no crowd. And it just is the oddest thing to look at. But these are odd times, I guess. I'll take it. I just really needed some sports, period. So I think basketball gets going this week. And uh, we have basketball, baseball, and hockey. I think that'll get me through the rest of this summer. And NASCAR with no fans either. Right. Which is which actually isn't too far off what it was like last year. Exactly. Sorry, that's a bad joke. But anyways, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. If you want more information on it, just go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. We've got links to past episodes. We've got YouTube videos. We've got a Facebook link right there. And also, Ask the Contractor button is at the website. That's if you have a question about your house. It doesn't matter inside, outside, rooftop, bottom, in the yard, outside the yard, neighbor's yard even. Just go to thecarolinacontractor.com, click on that button, and submit it. Donnie gets them all. He likes to answer them. We'll try to get to some of those today. we got a couple topics we're going to talk about. But first, you had some interesting news yourself, Donnie. I did. Uh, this is actually the two-year anniversary of the show. We started in August of 2018, and it has been a fun ride. And, uh, just... Do you know what the second anniversary is? What's that? Cotton. Cotton. That's the second anniversary gift. Oh, no, so, I had no idea. So we're so far gave, past that. That's okay. He gave me a T-shirt earlier in the week, so <laughs> nice. we're set. And it's cotton. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has interacted with us, sent us these questions, and just to uh, reach out to us for work and, and so forth. We just have met some really wonderful people, and our downloads have multiplied exponentially. We did a rerun a while back when we couldn't. Hold on. We don't call them reruns. They're called encore presentations. Encore presentation, excuse me. But when we ran that same show around this time last year, I want to say it got around 80 hits. And that same show got over 1,200 hits this year. So that just tells me our following is, is there. And uh, I just can't express how much I appreciate everybody's support. So thank you for that. I also want to say for those of you playing the home version of our game, you can't see this, but we've got a fluorescent light blinking on and off. It's kind of like a disco room in here. Is that going to bother you, Donnie? No, as long as we're out by 11. Okay, we can do that. All right, what else you got, man? I heard a really cool story this week. I work with an estimator, and and we've gotten to know each other pretty well, and he shared a story about his very first day on a construction site, and I'm always up for a good roofing story. And These guys were on the roof, but they were just doing the framing portion, and he said that this told him that he would never be interested in a career with roofing. 
uh, had a guy on about a 10-12 pitch, and he's nailing the sheathing up there, and something happened, and I believe he tripped over the cord of the air hose or something like that, and, and off he went. Well, they were five stories in the air, I believe he said, Whoa. so this was a death sentence. As the guy's sliding down, he holds on to his framing nailer, and he slid about 10 feet, and before he went over the edge of the building, he was forced to think about either nail myself to this roof or fall off the building. Five floors. Exactly. So he nailed with a with a framing nail gun, so about a three-and-a-half-inch nail, if you can picture that. He nailed his hand to the roof oh. to save his own life. And, uh, of course, it, it nailed him to the roof, and, and he lived and uh, with a bum hand. But uh, I just thought I have never heard anything like that. So just the realities of a construction guy on a roof. And thought I'd share that story, as gruesome as it was. Yeah, I hope you're having a, a snack at that time. Reminds me of uh, <laughs> Lethal Weapon. Right. Remember that? Yeah, he <laughs> nailed shot, him. He shot the guy through the plastic there. With a nail gun. I always wanted a nail gun after that. Maybe that's what got me into construction. <laughs> that's right. Nailed them both. Anyway, um, another thing I wanted to drop is that we're going to be doing a program in the next couple of weeks with someone we've decided to partner with, with SureTop Roofing. We got together with a solar company, and we checked these guys out. They checked us out to see if we were a good fit, and we were like a hand in a glove. So we're going to be bringing the folks that we're partnering with on our show to talk about solar panels and options that I had no idea were out there. And it, it is just really fascinating, all the government programs and rebates. And it's a lot easier than I pictured. We work with some solar companies, but strictly to do the roof work and not necessarily the panel installation. But now, once this deal's finalized, we'll be able to offer everything. So you'll have that information when it's finalized up on the website? Yes, sir. All right. And that website, again, is thecarolinacontractor.com. Also coming up on today's show, man, it's I, I wasn't kidding when I said it was packed. We're going to be talking about HVAC systems and how COVID will affect them in the future, including the installation and how they can help you protecting yourself against viruses, right? Yes, sir. But today's main topic we're starting off with is about doctors. We have doctors for ourselves. We have doctors for our pets, but there's also doctors for our houses, correct? Yes, sir. The um, the way this came about is we did the show with Dr. Peden, discussed about the safest approach for having a contractor in your home. And someone actually said, well, hey, man, you know, you're kind of like the house doctor. And I said, well, not so fast. There are people that have their business name, the house doctor. And funny that person said that to me because when I first got started, there was a contractor. He called his business the house doctor. And basically, I asked him the question, what what made you do that? He said, well, because I understand the house. He said, I can see this thing with x-ray vision almost. So when I'm looking at the wall, I know exactly what's inside. I know what's overhead and down below. Mm. And if you think in terms of a young person getting into construction, one of the easiest ways to correlate what goes on with a house is if you compare that to your body. So a house functions really similar. And a lot of these are really obvious, but it's just a lot of things that you don't think about on the regular when you're trying to understand the function of where you live. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard someone say that house has good bones? Yeah, so, usually an older house. Right, an older house specifically. Um, when you're looking at a house that may need some upgrades, one of the main things to take into consideration is if it's structurally sound. And if any, if any of our listeners have ever had an older home and tried to drive a nail into those studs or into the rafters or joists, you know that it's a lot harder than it is on a new two-by-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note there is the reason that that is, they took a lot longer to grow all that wood than they do now. Uh, nowadays, they harvest it so fast that they've actually had changes in the building code. So a double two-by-ten header would span a certain footage 10 years ago. That footage has almost been cut in half because the lumber is so much weaker than what we had. And why is it weaker? That just It's grown so much faster. You know, I wonder if doctors face the same thing with patients. You know, when you have some people, they break a bone or something and they have to get pins inserted. Right. 
you know, when your kids are young, their bones are more malleable. They're by design and you get older, they stiffen up. I wonder if doctors notice that when they have to insert a pin in a patient or something. Yeah. Good question. We'll check with Dr. P on that. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> or eventually we'll know. What else you got there? Um, there are a few other things like uh, a footing, for instance. You know, your feet are perpendicular to your body and they support your weight to be able to walk around. And, you know, it's kind of funny that a footing uh, is named after that and it's perpendicular to the foundation. So a similar aspect there. We talked about rebar a few shows back mm-hmm. and the rebar acts similarly to your tendons and they basically hold everything together similar to what they do in the concrete. So if you've got rebar in that concrete and say a middle section of that concrete breaks out, the two outer flankers are still together just because of the rebar. Insulation, this might be a touchy subject, but insulation in a house is a way to retain heat or keep heat out in the summer. Of course, with people, less insulation is ideal, but with houses, we preach that it's always better to have more insulation. So, <laughs> I'm um, not fat. I'm well insulated. There <laughs> you go. Roofing and siding parallels the skin of your body in, in terms of they keep elements out. And so uh, roof and siding are your protective layer. The wiring in a house is is similar to your nervous system. So the wiring is going to carry uh, electricity from the panel to each appliance where it's called for. Some parts of my house are having a nervous breakdown right now. Oh, too funny. Good thing you know a contractor. (laughs) Your digestive system acts sort of like the um, plumbing waste system. So it takes care of your water, solid waste. And then if you think about the water system in your house, you have pipes that come into your house and they circulate through different rooms and then they drain out. So that's very similar to how the circulatory system of your body works. Great point. Great point. Your respiratory system, this is an easy one, but it mirrors your HVAC system. The HVAC system in your house acts sort of like your respiratory system. So you take into account indoor air quality, air changes per hour, you know, fresh air and in, intakes. Um, and the cool thing is the hairs on your nose kind of act like that filter in the wall. <laughs> That's just a visual. Yeah. I don't want. Right yeah. Now. I might need to trim mine. <laughs> yeah. How do you tell somebody that their uh, air filter system in their nose needs trimming? If you're uh, thinking about your Wi-Fi and your alarm system on your house, for instance, that resembles your endocrine system. Uh, your body is made to tell you or to send impulses out when something's wrong, similar to your alarm system. Uh, and your Wi-Fi communicates something from a central location in your house to the remainder of the house. So it just works really similar. We got a, a Wi-Fi booster the other day. How'd that work? It worked like a charm. Wow. Not only that, it allowed us to – this sounds contradictory to Wi-Fi, but we got a Wi-Fi booster that allows you to plug from the Wi-Fi booster to, in this case, of course, my son's game system – a cable, a LAN, so it's like Wi-Fi to Ethernet mm-hmm. that way. But we got a booster, and it definitely made a difference if people want to consider that. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. And finally, something we haven't had until lately is a smart home system. Everybody's got a piece of smart home, whether it be a thermostat or camera, and everything talks to your smartphone. So I word that kind of like it gave the scarecrow a brain. So kind of an interesting way, Donnie, to maybe look at your house from now on. We do look at it. I mean, of course, a house is an inanimate object. It's wood and steel and things like that. But if we do kind of look at it as a human body, it might allow us also to look at things and consider, I need to pay attention to this. We always talk about the roof because sure top roofing is what you do. And that's probably one of the most important things, because if you have problems with your roof, that's an issue for the whole house. But I never really thought about looking at the HVA system as my own respiratory system, but you're right. If you're not getting clean air into your body, it affects you. If your house is not circulating clean air, it can literally make you sick. Right. That's exactly right. Very good. So we'll put some of this information up on the website. The website's thecarolinacontractor.com. But now you know when you hear the word house doctor, it's somebody who 
can fix your house because they don't look at it the same way as necessarily a contractor would, or they just have a different approach to it. I think the thing about that house has good bones. I never knew why they said that. Right. Well, one of the things that really helps me is um, the fact that I drew all my own blueprints from the beginning. So when you get into a section detail on a blueprint, you basically have to cut that house in half and you can see what the inner workings are. And at some point in my career, it all just started to gel. So I can pull up to a house that has a problem, say, on the exterior, and I really don't have to look very long. Usually as I'm pulling in the driveway, I'm scanning that thing and diagnosing it, and Mm -hmm. I can usually zero in on the problem without doing a really evasive inspection. So I just think there's a lot of value to experience. And then, you know, when you're teaching these young folks just how a house works, this is a really neat comparison and a good way to, to give them a good visual Excellent. Now, speaking of HVAC systems, up next, we're going to answer questions from listeners, and you can do that by going to the website. Well, you can't answer them. You just ask them. Go to thecarolinacontractor.com, click on the Ask the Contractor button, submit your question there, and Donnie will answer them. But our first one we're going to tackle is about HVAC systems and how they might be modified because of COVID. So stay tuned for more of the Carolina Contractor Show. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. And welcome back to my favorite part of the show, Ask the Contractor. If you have a question for Donnie of SureTop Roofing or just a general question about your house that doesn't have to be related to the roofing, go to thecarolinacontractor.com, click on the Ask the Contractor button, and submit your question there. Now, today is a question you've gotten, Donnie, several times, multiple times over the past few months, and it's related to COVID. And the question is, will HVAC systems be modified because of COVID? Right. And the answer is yes, Uh, right down to things that might be initiated by code enforcement officials. But the way this became a popular question as of recent is the World Health Organization initially said that the coronavirus could not be spread through the air in an HVAC system. And recently they reversed their stance. So when I read into this, what happened was about 300 or just under 300 scientists wrote individual letters to the World Health Organization asking them to reconsider their position. So with so many folks saying, hey, take a second look at this, they were forced to uh, do a little more research. And when they dug deeper, they found out that, in fact, the air handlers or the supply ducts had traces of coronavirus or other viruses that had made it into the system and just basically got stuck in there. So definitely transmission is a possibility, and they reversed their stance pretty quick after doing that extended research. But I want to be clear before I dive into what they're going to do in terms of changes and just say that, A lot of these things that we talk about, and especially when we did the Copper Show a while back, I consider these not to be some sort of preventative measure or necessarily do this out of fear. I think a lot of this stuff that we're doing for coronavirus period falls under the category of things we probably should have done anyway. Mm -hmm. How many people go to the bathroom and just don't wash their hands until now? Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, there's there's been some eyes opened, and I think if they can implement some of these strategies – that they're mentioning with the uh, HVAC systems, it'll just be good for uh, all viruses, not just corona. But one of the main things that they're pushing to do is to increase fresh air intake. So a lot of heating and air systems 
don't have fresh air intake, period. So that's uh, an easy enough thing to do by the heating and air contractor. But when we mentioned getting your HVAC system serviced, uh, at least biannually, it's a good question to ask the technician is, hey, do I have a fresh air intake? And he should be able to tell you the answer to that pretty quick. Uh, introducing the fresh air, it will cut down on all the recirculated air. So when people talk about building a house tight and when we build these over-insulated houses with these really cheap bills, we make sure that we find a way to introduce that fresh air. Mm-hmm. So recirculated air seems to be the culprit in you know a lot of homes and businesses that are showing the viruses getting stuck in the, the supply and the air handler. And this next thing applies to mainly businesses, but a lot of businesses turn their system off at night because nobody's working in the building. So one of the recommendations they are putting out there is that you should allow your system to run overnight. And even if you don't run it at the ideal comfortable temperature, uh, basically that just contributes to the air changes per hour. Air changes per hour is just a measure that folks use when they do a blower door test or something similar to test the efficiency on your heating and air unit, that uh, air changes per hour should be at a certain number for a good healthy system to work the way that it's supposed to. Let me jump in there, Donnie, because that makes me have a question that you might not have the answer to. Should a business, I'm thinking of a business that has uh, people come in maybe weekly. Think Mm -hmm. like a church. Right. They might keep the office AC on through the week, but Mm -hmm. they turn off the worship center AC. It may apply that that would be really important to keep the worship center AC that even though it's only used once a week, Mm -hmm. at least running to some degree at a higher temperature, but to keep it running. That's it. I would say that um, that it's not as expensive as you might think. Maybe in the winter, if you have uh, propane, a lot of these country churches uh, don't have the option for natural gas. But a propane boy, (laughs) I would say that it at the very least they should consider leaving the system on, say, into Monday. So if they go to church on a Sunday night, let the system run into Monday and and at least let it get a few air changes per hour through the church sanctuary. And I think that that may have a health benefit. But, yes, I, I wouldn't say leaving it on all week would be a benefit, maybe just after the Wednesday night service and after the Sunday morning service, giving it an extra 24 hours. And like I said, in the summertime, it's not that costly. Once a building is already heated up or already cooled down, it doesn't take a lot to maintain that temperature the big bulk of your cost in terms of utilities is getting it to the ideal temperature from, say, 80 down to 70. Right. Now, let's talk about fan motors because we mentioned off the air, Donnie and I were chatting when I had to have my system, at my whole HVAC system redone a couple of years ago. When they turned it on, the fan was noticeably louder. It wasn't a bad thing. You could just tell it was moving more air, and it's kind of like, it's either on or it's off, but that might be a change. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's exactly one of the things they mentioned. Um, you do have the option to install a variable speed fan motor. So if you move the air slower, technically that gives the filter and whatever other measure you may have for combating any kind of virus that may get into your system, moving that air slower gives all those layers of defense more time to do their work or their job. Mm-hmm. Um, it, one of the main things that they said they saw the transmission within the system was in a restaurant. You have a restaurant, even though folks are spaced out six feet apart and you don't have the capacity you did pre-COVID, these restaurants had this forced air system with these really strong fans. And the forced air moving so aggressively was the reason that this virus was getting into the system and actually leaving traces several hours later. So I guess you could kind of think of it as look at dust particles and a fan pulling those dust particles through a filter If you're pulling it at 10 miles an hour versus 100 miles an hour, it's going to pull some of that dust right through the filter and then just send it out to the whole building then. Now, speaking of filters, Donnie and I have different ways we do them at our house. You have yours 
attached real close to the main furnace unit, correct? Yeah, I have a pet peeve. I don't like a whistling filter. And um, so when I built my house, I explored the options for putting the filter right there on the unit. So right at my air handler, there's a place where I can pull my filter out, but I have to go to my basement to change it out. And of course, in my attic, which isn't comfortable in the summer, but that eliminates the whistling sound that I don't like. But I said mine is in the hallway. I have one in the second floor, which is in the ceiling. And then the second on the first floor is in the hallway on the wall. And I like that little whistle because it only whistles when the filter needs to be changed. So it's like a free little alarm. Change the filter. <laughs> change the filter. And it's much easier. I get a penny. It's the old school gate. Yeah. Great system. Turn the little latch down. Take out the filter. Put it in. Done. Don't have to go underground nice. or anything like I you. never thought about it like that. Never thought about it. But hey, everybody's different. Works smart. Yeah, if you do have a filter, you want to make sure that you are buying a really high-quality filter. Uh, HEPA filters are their preferred because they supposedly catch uh, 99.9% of everything that goes through. So uh, at the very least, you want to get uh, MERV-16. The MERV stands for Minimum minimum Efficiency Rating Value. So uh, MERV-16 is, is what you want to use if the HEPA filter isn't available for your system, and that MERV-16 filter is the equivalent of an N95 respirator mask. And I'm not a big fan of the metal filters that you can wash. Some people buy them because they want to save money. You're not going to rinse them out. You're not going to let them dry. And I've talked to a couple HVAC people, and they said they're not necessarily any better at filtering. Some of them are actually a little worse. So stick with the standard name brand filters, those paper filters, because they work much better than those metal, reusable, washable ones. Since we're on filters, um, tackling this uh, virus or any virus getting into your system at the filter, it still presents some challenges. So depending on the size of the virus that gets into the system, it, like you said, it could just as easily pass right through that filter. And, and really catching the virus doesn't do anything. Um, and, and I guess if you can catch it for a prolonged amount of time, then uh, technically it will die on the filter. But uh, for the viruses that actually get through the filter, you want to know how to kill those. Uh, we talked about this a while back. Do you remember the show we talked about dirty sock syndrome? I don't know. Was I there? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm at every show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the dirty sock syndrome is actually when some sort of mold gets on your coil and, uh, and, and basically you just have a house that smells like a locker room. So installing a UV light is a way that you combat dirty sock syndrome or it's just a way to prevent anything like that from happening. But this can also be used to uh, kill any kind of virus, coronavirus, flu virus, if it makes it through your filter into your system and it gets on that coil, you know, that UV light is basically hitting everything that could possibly move through that contained space. So UV lights work well. I've talked to several HVAC guys and uh, they don't seem to be big fans of it, but the te- the science proves that it does kill that. I just think they may be a pain to put in, right. but that's something that is not that expensive. And if that's a nice second line of defense past the filter, I really think that, that that's something folks should consider. But not a DIY thing. Not a DIY thing at all. And I'm sure that it gets a little costly if you have to do this in a business or a larger house. But just for the average person in a residential application, I would say that it's definitely worth entertaining. All right. We'll get this information up on the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and Donnie can put it up on the Facebook site. But we got time. We can get one more question here. You ready for it? Sure. All right. Let's try this one. What is the difference in the levels of granite and also how often is sealing required? Uh, we get this one a lot, but I'm a big fan of granite. You know, the other options are the solid surface like Corian. You hear about that. And then, the, of course, the Formica countertops. But uh, granite has come down. Granite has come down exponentially in price from what it was when I started building. 
uh, the grades of the granite are determined by, say, the color, the veins, the pitting, the marking, and, of course, the thickness. So uh, if you look at – if you go to a granite yard and they have a 1,000 slabs of granite there, they're all unique. So I think they all look good right down to a level one. But, yes, yeah, several factors come into play um, right down to the country where it was quarried. Mm-hmm. Level one uh, is usually imported from China. Not a popular thing to say right now, but – uh, most of the level one granite comes from China. Uh, I didn't know that at the time when I bought my house, but uh, we were a young family, and uh, just to be able to have granite over the Formica countertops was just a, a, a big upgrade for me. But they come in pretty standard colors, so uh, the level one granite, you know, they all, they all resemble each other, even though they look different with the veins and the pitting. Um, level one just really limits your options, but that said, it is still the best bang for the buck. Level two granite is usually a little bit thicker than the level one granite, uh, they have a lot more variety in the markings and the colors, and usually these are imported from India or Brazil. So Brazil and India have prettier rocks than China. Hey, yeah, I just can't imagine the, the shipping costs for granite. I have no idea. Yeah, and they have to have some sort of system worked out for that. But, um, yeah, it, it's it, it, if they do it by the pound, then it just doesn't make sense that I can buy it for what I can over here. No kidding. And uh, there's some exotic colors and shape, uh, designs too, aren't there? Yeah. When you get into level three, uh, level three, they're usually really rare in appearance. And uh, the source it usually comes from somewhere that's really hard to get to. I remember a house that I built uh, for a guy that I was working for right out of college and he had the level three granite. And I mean, it was really beautiful, really exotic looking, but it was actually mined from the bottom of the ocean somewhere. So they paid a really high price tag for that. Wow. And and uh, and it was totally worth it. They had the money. And, and to be honest, when you turned the corner and walked into their kitchen, it was all that you saw. So it really set off a uh, really you know, commonly used room in the house. All right. What about the back part of that question? How often do you have to seal a granite countertop? Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Um, some, people say, here, <laughs> some people say you have to do it every year to two years. So I basically live by the rule about every three to five years and we cook a lot. So when, when with three children and we live in the country, we, you know, it's just not convenient to go out to eat. But, um, what I try to look for are things that are fixtures on the counter. Like we have a soap dish, for instance. And when that soap dish, when you pick it up, if it looks like it leaves a ring on the granite, that should not be happening. So anything that's a fixture, like, a say a dish rack or anything like that, if you lift that towel under the dish rack up and, or, you see where something's been sitting for a while. If it leaves a mark, that's a good indicator that it's time to seal it. But just in terms of preventative maintenance, three to five years is probably okay. If you go much longer than that, just an exposed granite surface that has the pores uh, that mm-hmm. can you know, collect bacteria and just a lot of other things that you don't want around uh, surfaces where you're going to have food and be eating off of, uh, you, you definitely want to avoid that if possible. But it's a really cheap thing to do, really easy thing to do. You just have to keep the kids away for about a day. <laughs> When you yeah. do it. Good luck with that, depending on their age. All right. Well, you just put a bow on that package, Donnie. It's the uh, Carolina Contractor Show. You have a question for Donnie? Go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Submit it there. Also get the links to past shows, Facebook site, YouTube, things like that. And if you have something about your roof in particular, a question, Donnie is definitely the man to ask because he owns SureTop Roofing. They can come out to your house and their appraisals are free. He's got the drone. You got the drone back in action? We do. All right. So you just imagine Donnie comes out and a drone is flying over your house. We still can't get the missiles on it and the flamethrowers because of what is like an OSHA rule. Yeah, but we did install fireworks and a fishing lure release. Yes. Will you put that video up sometime? I will. It was great. He took a line out into the ocean using the same drone. But he can take a look at your roof and determine if you've got damage, if it needs to be replaced. Sometimes you just know this roof is 10, 15 years old. I need a new one. Call SureTop Roofing. Let them take care of you. 
But the best thing is, Donnie can come out to your house, look at your roof, and say what? Your roof looks great. Call me next year. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by SureTop Roofing. Learn more and submit your questions at thecarolinacontractor.com. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.